And today we're going to explore that concept of loyalty. And uh, I'm going to start off by talking about loyalty from a worldly perspective here. Does anybody recognize this guy? Well, it might be close. I even remember his first name. No, no family relatives here, huh? Okay. This guy, World War II, obviously. This guy was in the Philippines and stayed there until 1975, convinced that the Japanese had not lost the war. This man was part of groups that were dropped in that area, and he was there. He killed, ended up killing over 30 people, injuring 100 people, up until 1975, because he was convinced that they were still in the war, and the propaganda that, well, it, wasn't, it was the truth they were dropping, but they, he thought it was propaganda. No, we didn't lose. I am loyal to my country. I'm loyal to the cause. That, that, that's loyalty. That is, that is fervent loyalty. Now, another example of loyalty, or lack thereof, maybe. Anybody been to haunted houses? Anybody like to be scared? This is a picture. <laughs> this is a picture. There's a, there's a haunted house in, in Canada uh, that, that uh, is supposed to be really, really scary. And, and I, I saw some pictures on there. It reminded me of, of this loyalty thing. Because uh, when does loyalty disappear? When... When you get scared, does loyalty disappear when you get scared? These first two, you can definitely tell that they're taken by surprise. Now, the last three here are what's going to lead me into my example of loyalty. Because I want you to notice the progression of these pictures. There are three different couples, but just the body language of these two the couples here. First one here. Whoop, I went the wrong way. Oh, sorry. There it is. That's the one I want. What's the body language there? Where's the guy? He's behind the woman. You take it, dear. I got your back, right? I got your back. Yeah, if she saw the picture after this, they should probably be uh, on the outs. Or, or at least reconsidering, because if, if something goes down, that guy is not going to hang around. All right, here's the second one. That's a little better, right? They both look scared. It's a little better. He's on the side of her right now, but he's not, he doesn't have her in front of him. He's not using her as a shield. But here's the last one. Here's the right way to do it, ladies. <laughs> you, grab that, you grab that man and you put him in between whatever it is and you, right? The reason, the reason I, I like those is because I was, I was thinking about loyalty, and I have a friend that, that works out with me in, in my garage, which is also known as my gym, my garage, and he was talking to me one day about uh, a movie that he wanted to see, which happened to be a horror movie, and he likes to be scared for some reason, but he doesn't like to be scared at the same time. So he's, he's talking about this movie that he wants to see, he's talking about how scary it is, I'm sitting on the bench, and he's, he's probably a little bit in front of me here in the... My garage door is here, and my, my door is here to get out of the garage. And he's talking about this thing, and all of a sudden, boom, something hits my garage door. And do you know what happens to him? He's gone. He's out the door, or he's right next to the door. And I look at him, and I say, really? You're just going to run away. You're just going to leave me. Just gone. 
He's just like that, that other picture. He's, he doesn't care. I'm dead in that garage and he's gone. It's just loyalty. Loyalty. Yeah, he's, I haven't let him live that down. I, I keep bringing that up. He, don't run away. We die together if we die. And if we don't die together, I'm taking you with me at least. I'm not going out quietly. Something's going to happen and we're both going to end up on the news. All right, so we're going to look at loyalty. And I want to look at it from two different scriptures, but we're going to combine them today. So your, your fingers might do some flipping. So I want you to grab your Bible and turn to two different scriptures here. The first one will be 2 Samuel 15. Go to 2 Samuel 15. You're going to have to go back and forth, so don't, don't forget where you are. And if, if, you get, yeah, if you get frustrated, don't worry about it, because I do have the, the, the ones I, I consider more important up on the screen. They'll be up there to help you. Um, at least you'll know the verses. I won't have the verses exactly up there, but you'll know where we are. So keep one finger in Luke, 2 Samuel 15, and then get another finger and make it available for Luke chapter 9. And you'll want to find the end of Luke chapter 9 for this one. Luke chapter 9, towards the end there. Because what we're going to cover here is 2 Samuel 15, Luke 9, 19, 20, and 21 of 2 Samuel 15, and Luke 9, 57 through 62. Those are all the, the, the scriptures that are going to kind of butt up together because yeah, I love using Old Testament examples, but sometimes, too, you want to see the Old Testament, New Testament. And, and here's where I think they, they complement each other when we're talking about loyalty. So here in, in 2 Samuel 15, yeah, 2 Samuel 15, sorry, in verse 19, we're going to get introduced to a man who has a whole bunch of other men with him. And David is going to be talking to him. And David has, has got a relationship with these people. This guy that, that we're going to get introduced here is most likely Philistine. That, that's what he, what he looks like he is. He's Philistine. And David has a relationship with some Philistines. Now, he's already killed a major Philistine, right? He's made a name for himself, right? Yeah. He's killed Goliath. But at the same time, David spent... 16 months in the land of Gath, and that's Philistine territory, and he was actually friendly with the Philistines, and the Philistines there were friendly with him. He actually had a good relationship with him. So when this guy comes at this time in David's life, he's going to end up offering him help, and it maybe, you know, you stop and think, why would a Philistine offer this man help? Well, there's a reason why. David has made some friends, even in the camp of what you would think would be enemies, and this is one of them. In verse 19, the king said to Ittai the Gittite, will you also go with us? Return and remain with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile. Return to your own place. And, and David is, is obviously running away from something, right? Verse 1 of chapter 15, what's he running away from? Now it came about after this that Absalom provided for himself a chariot of horses and 50 men as runners before him. Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the way of the gate. It happened that when any man had a suit to come to the king for judgment, Absalom would call to him and say, From what city are you? And he would say, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Absalom would say to him, See, your claims are good and right, but no man listens 
to you on the part of, on the part of the king. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that one would appoint me judge in the land, that every man who has a suit or cause against or could come to me, and I would give him justice. And so what happens? Absalom slowly kind of takes David's place, or is beginning to take, and is going to try and take, take David's place completely. And so David is, is at this point running away from Absalom, trying to get away. And on his way out, as David is running away, this guy, Ittai, Ittai the Gittite, comes and he says, I'd like to go with you. And David says to him, you don't know me. I don't know you. I, don't, I really don't know you. You're a foreigner here. Return. Remain with Absalom. Go back. Remain with him. It's safer for you, probably, than to come with me. Okay. So, keep your finger there, and now go over to Luke, chapter 9. And here are the first two verses of our text, 57 and 58, of Luke 9. And this is as Jesus is, is, is walking around and ministering. And some people come up to him. Three people in particular here, at least the text points out. And they, and they say something to him, and he has words to say back. And listen to these words, 57 and 58. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, I want you to go with me here because we're going to see the correlation between these two texts, I think. In 19 of 2 Samuel 15, he asks Ittai, he says, why are you going to go with us? You don't, you don't really know us. There's no real relationship here, and in fact... It's probably safer for you to stay with Absalom at this point in time because I'm on my way out. I'm in trouble. So it's safer for you. So why are you going to go with me? In Luke chapter 57, or 9, excuse me, verses 57 and 58, the man comes up to Jesus and says, I'd like to go with you wherever you go. And Jesus says, why do you want to go with me? I don't really have anything either. I've got nowhere to lay my head. I've got nothing really to call my own here. What are you, what are you looking for? There's, there's more to Jesus' question or more to Jesus' answer than just the foxes have holes, you know, the birds of the air have nests. I think in 2 Samuel 15, there's a, there's a position here that is different from Luke 9. In 2 Samuel 15, Ittai the Gittite is willing to go with David, and he's willing to lose his, quote-unquote, security. I'm willing to trade what, I, what could be secure for me for an unsecure position with you. So he's willing to trade security. He's willing to leave his place and go somewhere. David's not even probably sure where he's going and what is, what is going to happen and how long it's going to take and whatever is going to... You know, the future is not exactly written yet. So Ittai is saying to him, I'm willing to go. Future uncertain, okay. But I'm willing to go. Now, in Luke 9, 57 and 58... This guy is saying, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go to the next town with you. I'm willing to go to the next crowd with you. I wonder, I wonder if Luke 9, this guy, of course, Jesus has the advantage of what? Being able to see deeper than just this guy's question, can't he? He can actually see this guy's heart. He knows what's in there. And unfortunately, we don't. We don't know what's in this man's heart. All I, all I can tell is that Jesus knows there's something in this guy's heart that is going to not be completely congruent with this statement, I'll go wherever you go. 
I'll, I'll do whatever you're doing. I wonder if this going in Luke 9 is a geographical going. I'm willing to go with you to the next town. I'm willing to go with you to the next crowd. I'm willing to go with you for the sake of being with this group of this popular rabbi at the time. I'm willing to pick up and go. But Jesus is seeing something deeper in there and saying, are you really willing to leave? See, he, the guy is saying, I'm willing to go, but Jesus is asking him to leave things. Are you really willing to leave this? Are you willing to leave your security for me? Are you willing to leave the certain place for the uncertain place? Because what I have is uncertain. The foxes have holes. I don't even have that. It's uncertain for me. So when you look at the, the two texts there, 2 Samuel 19, uh, 15, verse 19, and then Luke 9, the first point about this loyalty here is loyalty and allegiance. When we talk about loyalty, allegiance comes into effect, doesn't it? Loyalty and allegiance. In 2 Samuel 15, Ittai the Gittite knows there is no allegiance owed this man, David. I don't owe him anything. I'm a Philistine, number one. He's already said, you know, go back to Absalom. He's, he's, he's more secure. I don't actually owe you anything, but what am I willing to do? I'm willing to give you all my allegiance. I don't owe it to you, but I'll give it to you. In Luke 9, Jesus asks for his allegiance. But the man, for some reason, whatever reason, is probably not yet willing to give his allegiance to Jesus. So in 2 Samuel 15, I'm willing to give it all. In Luke 9, you're not really ready to give me your allegiance. You need to rethink this. You're not really willing to trade the certain quote-unquote certain, for the uncertain. So loyalty and allegiance. The second point here, go back to 2 Samuel 15, verse 20. After David has said, go back, return, Ittai answers him. He says, as the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, surely wherever my Lord the king may be, whether for death or for life, there also your servant will be. That is some pretty uh, tough words, isn't it? He's saying, it doesn't matter. If I'm going to my death, then I go to my death. If we go to life, then we're going to life. doesn't matter. Now go back over to Luke 9. Here in the next section of verses 59 and 60. And he says to another, now isn't that interesting how Jesus, he, he gets asked the question the first time. And then he turns around and he starts asking the question. And, and now that he's asking the question here, here's the first of two things that follow. The first Two firsts, because if I don't know if your, your text says first, mine says permit, permit. But these, the next two say kind of first. I want to do something first. Give me a chance to do something first. 59 and 60. And he said to another, follow me. But he said first, or permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere. The kingdom of God. Now, what are those two texts? How do I see those two texts being similar? When you look at 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 20, he says, excuse me, 15, you only came here yesterday. Shall I today make you wander with us while I go? Where will I, where I go where I will? Return and take back your brothers. Mercy and truth be with you. Did I read the wrong one the first time? Okay, well, 2 Samuel 15, 20, 
You came only yesterday, and shall I today make you wander with us while I go where I will, return and take back your brothers? Mercy and truth be with you. Now, Jesus is saying, you go ahead, take, take back your brothers. Go back and be safe. Jesus here is saying, don't go back. Let the dead bury the dead. You don't need to go back. Why does he want to go back? And, and, and we've talked about that before, and Frank has brought that up, I think, um, Wednesday night or, or some other time, too, about this, this guy wanting to go back, that his father's not really probably dead yet. And he's saying, you know, I got some time here. I need to take some time and wait for the old man to die and then possibly take care of the affairs that, that come along with that, maybe even get some of my inheritance and all the stuff that's going to happen. And then, after I'm done with all of that, then I'll come and follow you. Then I'll get my affairs in order and I'll go. Take your brothers and go back to safety. Or come with me right now. Or first, let me go and bury my, my father. Now here's where I see these other two things coming into play. In chapter 15, 20 of 2 Samuel, the king has absolutely nothing to offer Ittai the Gittite and his brothers. He's got nothing to offer. He's not in power right now. He's got nothing to offer them. In fact, he's a, he's a falling star, really. He's not really in business here. In 59 to 60, Jesus asks to put everything on hold for him. Or actually, he asks Jesus to put everything on hold for him. He's saying, what you offer me is not quite enough. What this offers is, is more and is tangible, and, I, and I've got it in my hot little hands, and I need to take advantage of what I know I can be offered before I go and offer myself to you for what possibly might be offered. And Jesus is saying, it's better to let an unbeliever go and bury your father. It's better to let them do that work because you need to come, if you really want to come with me, you need to give up that which you think you have for what you know you can have. Now, here is where I think those two are connected. The second thing about loyalty. Loyalty and benefits. 2 Samuel 15, what are the benefits? King can offer you nothing. He's not holding any power right now. I can't offer you a thing. Luke 9, what can the king offer him? He has a choice between going back and burying his dead father and whatever that entails or following this king. No benefit promised in 2 Samuel 15. There's nothing I can give you. In Luke 9, he's missing the benefit of the kingdom by saying, hold it. I got to go back. My dad's not dead yet. I got to bury my father. I got to take care of my affairs. And then, and only then, will I be able to follow you. Loyalty and allegiance. Loyalty and benefits. Don't miss the benefit of the kingdom. Now, go over to 2 Samuel 15 again, verse 21. Here we go. This is the one I read the first time, and now we're going to actually use it. But Ittai answered, and the king said, As the Lord lives, and as my Lord the king lives, surely wherever my Lord the king may be, whether for death or for life, there also your servant will be. And Luke chapter 9, verses 61 and 62. And another also said, I will follow you. And notice again, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now here again, in verse 21, there's no conditions attached to this. The king 
He answers the king. He says, I'm not going to give you any conditions either, king. You can't, you can't offer me any benefits, and I'm not going to give you any conditions. I'm just going to go with you because I believe in you. I'm going with you, and if you die, I die, and I'll go with you. There's no conditions attached here. And here, in Luke 9, 61 and 62, I think Jesus has seen in this person that there's some connections that you need to break. There's some connections at home that, that are stronger than the connections standing right in front of you could be. There's some connections that need to be broken. There's some conditions that you're saying, I need to meet these conditions first. I need to go do this first. I need to go do that first. Now, when you think about it, one of the prophets that we covered recently did this. You remember that? Anybody remember the prophet that did this? Or? Yeah, Elisha. Elisha. He says, let me, go, let me go say goodbye. And what did Elijah say? Elijah said, yeah, go ahead. What, what do I have to do with you? Go, go for it. And at first, you look at those two verses and you think, well, what's the big deal, Jesus? If Elisha could do it, why can't this guy do it? Why can't I do it? Well, again, I think this, this goes to what Jesus sees and what we don't see. The condition of the heart of Elisha versus the condition of the heart of this man. And Jesus is saying, you know what? If you go back home, yeah, your mama and daddy are going to talk you out of it. Your family might talk you out of it. You, you're not really sold out for Jesus yet. And your family is about to, to rip you apart here and take you, take you captive. The conditions that you have here are about to stand in your way of, of serving me. So... You need to check your conditions here. And that's, I think Jesus sees that in, in this man. Now in 21, who's, who should love David and who, who doesn't have any loyalty to David? David's own wants to kill him, right? Absalom wants to kill him. Absalom wants to take everything he could have from him. But this man, Ittai the Gittite, who has no connection with him, no fa familial connection with him, and has just met him today, says, I'll die with you. That's an interesting juxtaposition there, that your own family wants you dead, and somebody you just meet is saying, I, I know you have nothing to offer me, but I will die with you. Here again, I think I'm going to read uh, Ruth chapter 1, 16 through 17, another biblical example of something like this, this loyalty. 16 and 17 of Ruth chapter 1 says, But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you, for where you go, what? I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. Man, look at that, look at that loyalty that Ruth has. And it's similar to the loyalty, I think, that Ittai has here. But Jesus is saying, you don't, even, you don't have that loyalty yet. There's some conditions that you're saying need to be met, and you've got some familiar families or familial conditions that need to be broken here. He's asking you to commit to Jesus, but you're not willing to do that. And here again is that loyalty. And the third point loyalty and conditions. 2 Samuel chapter 15, no conditions are attached. In Luke 9, Jesus puts conditions on him following. And he's put conditions on following Jesus. But Jesus does put conditions on following him, doesn't he? He says, if you want to follow me, what do you got to do? Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. 
Follow me. You gotta, you gotta not love the world. You gotta love me. There are conditions. Jesus says, I'm putting conditions here. You don't get to put the conditions on. I put the conditions on. You go back to your family, they're gonna take you away. They're gonna, they're gonna convince you that that's not the right way to go. So when you talk about loyalty, I see those, those things here in, in these two scriptures, 2 Samuel 15 and Luke 9, kind of mirroring the loyalty. You've got the one guy who has no allegiance to the king, swearing life and death for him, willing to go. And then you've got men saying, I'll go. Will you really? I'll leave my family. Will you really? No. There's some conditions. There's some exceptions that you've got here. God expects us to be loyal, doesn't he? And I think loyalty at the core is relational. We can be loyal to people we, we hardly know, but I think that's a rarity, don't you? I'm, I'm not as loyal to the person I meet on the street as somebody I have known for years and gotten to know, and I know they love me, I love them, and we have this connection. I think kind of sums it up here in Deuteronomy 7.9. God is loyal to us, and what he asks of us is to be loyal to him. He says, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. God says, I'm going to love you, and I'm a loving God, and I'm going to keep my commandments with you. And look at verse, verses 31 through 39 of Romans. Let me see if I can zoom in here on this one. Did that just get bigger on the screen? No? Okay, well, can you read that? Close enough. Because I'm messing up my screen all over the place, but yours is not changing. All right, well, that'll work. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who's against us? Who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all? How will he not also, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us, who will separate us from the love of Christ. You can just really quickly put in there nothing. But Paul elaborates by saying, will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. And now his triumphant ending to this chapter, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, God is faithful. He is loyal, isn't he? He is a loyal God. But what does he ask from, ask from you and me? To be loyal to him. It's very simple. I'm going to be loyal to you, but what I'm going to ask of you is to be loyal to me. And what does that entail? That entails those same things that we just talked about. Now, the opposite of that is still back there in Deuteronomy. If you are not faithful to God, he's going to be faithful to himself. And if you are not faithful to God, look at what the next verse says. But repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. 
There is an opposite end of the spectrum here. If I am not loyal to God, I have something coming. But it is not what I want. Now, if I am loyal to God, these things are my benefit here. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because I'm loyal to him, he is loyal to me. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Well, temptation will provide with you, for you a way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And how awesome is that for a loyal God to be the same yesterday, today, and forever? And I know that if I'm faithful to him, if I confess my sins, that he is what? Faithful and righteous to forgive me. All unrighteousness. But what does he ask, ask of you and me? He asks for loyalty, doesn't he? He asks for that loyalty. One man's willing to give where no allegiance is owed. He's willing to give that. Another man says, I'm not so sure. But Jesus asks for that allegiance. The other man knows there's no benefit promised here. This, this king has nothing to offer me. But he's still willing to go with him. The other man in Luke 9 is missing the benefit that Jesus is saying this kingdom is. Not only are you missing it, but you're missing preaching this benefit to other people. And the last thing, there's no condition attached there in 2 Samuel 15. I'm not putting any conditions on this. I'm willing to follow you to life or death. We don't get to put conditions on God. He puts conditions on us. Are we willing to follow for life and for death? Are we willing to take up our cross and bear it daily? Are we willing to do that? Because that's what Jesus is asking in Luke 9. I'm, willing, I'm asking you to do this for me. I'm putting the conditions on here, not you. But where do you stand in your loyalty to God? Are you been putting conditions on Him? Are you saying, I'll go this far? Or I need to go back and check with my family. Or I need to do this. Or I need to go bury my father. Whatever it is you're saying here. Are, are you acting more like those guys in Luke 9? Or are you acting more like Ittai the Gittite saying... Wherever you go, I'll go. Whatever you do, I'll do. Acting like Ruth. Where you die, I will die. Your God is my God. Your choice here is today, today is to, to figure out where your loyalties lie. Do they lie with God or do they lie with you, your family, your obligations, your conditions? Where do your loyalties lie? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself if you are truly and honestly being loyal to God as we stand and as we sing.